I went to special schools in my in the in the um, early eighties to the late eighties. I was in special schools in U.S. and parts of excuse me parts of Canada that sort of was the four four thinkers of the people who were really identifying that if you have dyslexia or learning disability, um, it's there's there's different ways for us to to be engaged, and so I. One thing that I'm grateful for growing up um, in the in the family that I did um, is that there was this like, well, we think there's gonna there's another way for this to happen that's not gonna be, um, you know, trying to hammer you into something that's just not gonna fit. Um, and also, you know, the first body worker I was exposed to was um, a Japanese woman that was taking care of us in Atlanta, Georgia. And I used to have you know, like migraines that you just like splitting classic, classic needed a dark room. I could hear something like drop from across the room and it would echo through my really crazy way. And she would come and give me reflexology. You know, I was 10 at the time and I would just honk right out. I'd pass right out and I'd wake up with migraine gone. Some people say that the scientific world and the mystical world are two separate entities. But to Maureen Fontaine, nothing could be farther from the truth. In her daily life, she is an expert in live and dry blood analysis, an ontological coach and a spiritual intuitive reader. As a mother, grandmother and mentor, Maureen aims to incite curiosity and celebrate those who inspire. Science is a practical in-depth process of the mind. It encompasses observation, identification, description, experimental investigation and theoretical explanation of phenomena. This information is then systematically analyzed and proves it exists. Mysticism is often considered to be unscientific and unfounded. Going beyond the obvious allows for an expanded state of consciousness. It goes beyond the normal sensory experience and the obvious. Those things we can explain and those we cannot. Both science and mysticism coexist and reveal the truths of the universe. How curious are you? Join Maureen and her guest speakers as they bridge the space between science and mysticism. Welcome once again to Science in the Mystical, where I interview some pretty inspirational people who are so gifted. So we cut away knowing more than we did when we first arrived. I often wonder what happens when we merge our intellectual selves with our feeling body. And is it wiser to get out of the way of thinking altogether? Our next guest is the master of individuality and thinking beyond the obvious. His motto is to move and be curious. A huge welcome to Malcolm Clark. So Malcolm, can you tell us a little bit about the business that you and Melanie are running in the beautiful Fairfield? Yeah, um, so Melanie and I moved to Victoria to, well, I moved, I suggested we move to Victoria to pursue my passion in body work. Um, because where I was living at the time did not would not necessarily suit a, a, a great place to dive into my learning. I was living in Revelstoke. Um, and so Melanie and I moved in moved here in 98 or 99. Um, and she we got married in 2000, so we just had our 23rd anniversary last weekend. Congratulations. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks. Um, and she studied, Melanie went to school to study aesthetics. And I've been just drawn to connecting with people in a, in a physical, emotional kind of way for even before I met Melanie for a good, you know, 27 years, I knew that I wanted to connect with people in a in a really um, supportive and healing way. I didn't at the time. I did not have uh, the same sense, obviously, that I do now. But there was definitely a drive for me to learn how to relate and connect with people. And so I moved to Victoria with Melanie, and I just started doing little um, courses here and there, learning about acupressure, learning about um, Jin Shindo 
um, picking up any books that made sense to me at the time. So uh, I used to go to Russell's bookstore and comb their their alternative health spiritual section and just find books um, and just just learn about what people how people think about the body um, and see how that fits with my my natural curiosities. Um, before I moved here, I was working out of a, a hostel in Revelstoke and I was doing basic sort of, I, I, I guess you would call it sort of sports massage or Swedish massage, Swedish massage, you know, oil and lots of like muscle long strokes um, to tree planters. So I, I had a room in the guest house in the hostel that I was, I had a little setup. And I think I was charging like I don't know thirty dollars a session or something. <laughs> this is you know quite a while, you know. Uh, but it 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 gave me an opportunity to have feedback from people and meet people, and people would say, "Oh, this this technique that you're you did in this section of our time together reminded me of a technique I was exposed to." And so I would, you know, um, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, access to internet like there is now and so I would kind of figure out a way to research it whatever way I could um, and and just sort of or find a practitioner that does that technique and then go and, and, and see that practitioner and have a treatment from them and one of my ways of learning is very very tactile so when someone makes contact with me, I, um, I'm able to really get a sense of what they're doing on many, uh, on many levels. And that one session sometimes would, would give me food for thought for weeks and weeks, especially if I had a willing body to kind of uh, practice some of that concept. It's almost like the, the signature of that technique was still floating around. Mm. Um, and so you about Melanie in our clinic. So she studied aesthetics, and then we both did our own thing for quite a few years um, until we started having children. And then we opened up a, a studio in our backyard, and that's where we really honed in on our uniqueness. Melanie doing facials um, using eminent skincare. She was one of the first. She was the second person ever to bring it to the island. Um, this this uh, product line, and just built a really strong network of of uh, of people um, while having children. So we've kind of had this slow progression moving towards something bigger. Um, but the both Melanie and I's intention was always to get to a point where we can collaborate at a at a bigger level and really. Um, carve out a community a community um offering for for not just one-on-one -on -one, but something bigger and something multidisciplinary. as you mentioned i teach at pacific rim and so i've been with them almost since it started 16 17 years um wow. and i'll That's go into that yeah i'll go into the beauty of that in a moment because and then we eventually realized that our kids were getting too big and we needed to move out of the house um, into a bigger house. And that point we thought, let's see if we can find a clinic or a space. And up the road from us, there was the building that you mentioned on Haltane Street. Um, and we just went for it. And it started with one section of the building, like one little section, 800 square feet. And then a year later, we took another section of the building and then we homeschooled at the time. So we were running it as a homeschooling sort of event center. And um, we had classes and night classes and, you know, people were renting to offer singing classes and writing workshops. And it was becoming quite a neat hub that way. And then COVID um, gave us a new opportunity. <laughs> uh, well said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, we flailed for about a year and a half 
trying to keep the extra space that we took afloat. Um, and then we started, we joined forces with HEMA Community Acupuncture. Um, and so that stabilized that space in a really big way. And Michael has been like amazing um, person to, to co-create a business with. Um, and then we just moved up there. So we now rent three quarters of the building. So we started off as a quarter and now we're at three quarters and we've got naturopath and uh, community acupuncture, one-on-one -on -one acupuncture, massage, cranial sacral, counseling. So we're really seeing the, the broader vision of what it is that we've been wanting to do. Um, but as well, for the community part, we have um, these, uh, these two women who are artists and who put on um, so we've been putting on shows like art, arts and crafts, but more not arts and crafts as in like, uh, you know, elbow, half the elbow noodle uh, picture frames, but like really high end, um, uh, they call themselves the Fernwood Makers Party. Uh, so the whole hub where we're at is just this buckling of creative um, concepts from from clothing to people to movement. Um, so we're feeling really, uh, really lucky to be, uh, we call ourselves the container and we invite people to add ingredients to that container, like a big pot of stew. Um, I don't know if your kids are, uh, did 100, 100 stone stew or 100, um, okay. the, it's like a thing they did. Yeah, like everybody brought something and put it into the stew. Uh, at school, they used to do that a lot as a way of just getting different um, backgrounds together to cook together, and um, and so that's we feel like they're we're creating that. So we we've got many sticks and many fires. Um, so did that answer some of your? <laughs> well, what I'm. <laughs> I'm just amazed. I mean, I knew you guys were amazing, but to hear all the bits and pieces of how it came together and like what, it, like literally it is a container of so many more things than I even realized. That was amazing. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And, it, you know, we can't, we couldn't imagine not being, part of it like we definitely had that feeling if we need to let everything go during that transition that everybody else was going through we were we we were like yeah we could rent one office and just run our business back to the way it used to be and, and be out which was just one room and melanie would work and i'd be with the kids and i would work and she would be at the kids you know, which allowed us to homeschool and do all that for, you know, over 10 years. So we knew, we knew we could do that because we've done it before. And that was like worst case scenario, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow. Amazing. And your kids are still in school. Are you still homeschooling? Um, our one, our daughter who's 13 does a, um, a crossover where she's at um, an alternative school a few days a week and then does stuff with us. Um, a lot of it is to really support her passion around uh, community theater and musical theater and dance. Um, and so having a split where she's able to do some, some work related or school related things in this alternative school and have the energy to put into her other passions you know she's just 13 so we're under that thought of you know if there is things that need work well as she gets older she'll have the the, the drive to work on you know if her math is a little bit off or whatever his mm -hmm. with our other two kids our oldest is 20 and he just finished his first um portion of mechanic being a mechanic and our other one, he went back to high school, so he's in grade 12. Um, and because of their homeschooling, uh, because they were exposed to this type of learning, they look at the teacher as a as someone who's there to actually help them. Mm. And so 
you know, they'll, they'll, if they're having a difficulty, they're totally comfortable going and talking to the teacher. If they're flailing a little bit, they're totally comfortable going to the counselor and making an appointment and, uh, you know, like work related. Whoops. When I say flailing, I mean like they don't just have a hard time understanding what they're learning. They, mm -hmm. they know, you know they can get extra support um i have dyslexia all three kids have dyslexia my oldest one has adhd on top of that which i know are all you know labels that you can you know take it or leave it we found the information useful when the kids were really little because it allowed us to give to to introduce things earlier on that would support their um their learning style or their just, just their environment. Like our oldest guy with ADHD, I knew that if we had something planned for the weekend that was going to involve a lot of people, well, the few days leading up to that, we were just at the ocean mm. doing his own thing and picking up rocks and looking at crabs and digging holes. And then we would go to this event because I knew it would be very stimulating for him. And then, the days after that, you know, we would go back into hermit mode just to help him regulate his nervous system. In fact, you asked about learning, uh, offering tools um, at some point during our time together on the yes. interview. Some of the tools got developed because of my children, because, you know, and I still use them to this day with my clients and I still use them in my classes. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that I teach in the doula program as well. No, but I was going to, so please. Yeah, so there's definitely things that I um, I learned from being a parent of children with different ways of engaging the world around them that help people now who maybe went misdiagnosed or um, have Grew, grew up in an area era like I did where sensitive, highly sensitive children were just needed to suck it up better. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah. so the, the tools that got ex developed or exposed to me either through just complete necessity, like I was just losing my brain hole and just, you know, I was like, <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> what does this kid need um and so there was techniques that i just did just instinct with instinct and then just like my body work with instinct later on i would work with a, 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 a an occupational therapist for children um and she would this one lady in particular she's like well these are the three things that really help regulate this type of nervous system and i'm like oh so this is what I do this is what I do and this is what I do and she's like yep those are all those things that fit in those categories and I was like oh nice okay. <laughs> you know and one of them was holding him tightly so that his physical body had a chance to to push against and feel that resistance to help de-escalate another one was a breath technique um, and that breath technique transformed into what I now call the candle breath but in the beginning yeah, in the beginning, it was blowing out the flame. So I would pretend that my thumb was a Bic lighter. And my thumb would move like a flame. Mm -hmm. My thumb would blow. And I would make, oh, there's the flame. And then it would go out. And then he was like, you know, four or five at the time. Yeah. Right? This was a way to get him to do this breath exercise so that he could start exhausting some of that wildness that was built up in his system um and so and then i would do it again and we would go through this you know uh, multiple times during the day sometimes um he be as he got older he became more clever and realized what i was doing <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not a real lighter <laughs> we introduced a real lighter right? okay good and, you know, I gave him matches and he lit the candle and then I would put the candle one foot away from him and he'd blow it out. And this is where candle breath came from because I had put the candle and 
blow and the flame would go out and like great and then i'd put the candle further away he'd go light it so that would give him that focal point working with the match and lighting the candle and then he'd go back and that sort of became a strategy to help regulate his nervous system but still under the lens of something that was fun that was engaging there was no sense of dread you know like oh you're you're this, you know, you have ADHD and you're hard to do, hard to handle or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be that can sometimes come up when, when we over, uh, over, over agree with a label that has been, you know, um, offered to us. Yeah. So true. And yeah. they have a, they have a brilliance of their own. You mean just, yeah. you know, the brain just works differently and, with dyslexia sees everything differently it's i you know in teaching those children with those labels truly they were the most intelligent of all and yeah. everybody else just needed to catch up <laughs> <laughs> to better understand just how their brain worked yeah 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 i went to special schools in my in the in the um early 80s to the late 80s i was in special schools in u.s and parts of excuse me parts of canada that sort of was the four four thinkers the, the people who were really identifying that if you have dyslexia or learning disability um it's there's there's different ways for us to to be engaged and so i one thing that i'm grateful for growing up um, in the in the family that I did um, is that there was this like well we think there's gonna there's another way for this to happen that's not gonna be um, you know trying to hammer you into something that's just not gonna fit um, and also you know the first body worker I was exposed to was um, a Japanese woman that was taking care of us in Atlanta Georgia and I used to have in, like migraines that you just like splitting classic classic needed a dark room i could hear something like drop from across the room and it would mm. echo through my really crazy way and she would come and give me reflexology you know i was 10 at the time and i would just honk right out i'd pass right out and i'd wake up migraine gone wow. you know and yeah you know and so she she was the very first person that sort of triggered this thing inside my system that you can interact with somebody and help them immensely with something that is, you know, catastrophic. I mean, these headaches were like wet cloths, all the lights out, no sound, like really, really intense things. Um, and then the second person I was introduced to in the mid eighties was uh, a chiropractor, an alternative chiropractor in Montreal. Um, I actually Googled her a couple of weeks ago to see if she was still, you know, what mm -hmm. she was up. And uh, she's like a life coach now and she's in her late seventies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, for sure, uh, again, I was in a really, really uh, difficult place with my physical body from a car accident. And because my father was more into uh, alternative therapies, it, what, what back then are considered alternative therapies, chiropractic now is not really considered that, but back then it was. And um, yeah, I was, I saw her like twice a week for months and she did muscle testing and she did all this stuff now that it's just part of the, part of mainstream. She was a um, heretic back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so that having those two um, women show up in my life at those different times when I was, you know, really, really having a difficult time just being in, in my body um, were eight were basically like, planting seeds and sowing seeds that years later here we are <laughs> quite the story you know hearing how it all started and who the influences were is just so beautiful and um you know unfortunately it took a 
a motor vehicle accident to to kind of prompt the investigation. But um, it, those are the blessings you can look back upon and see that it was actually what needed to happen in order for you to be kind of steered a direction. Yeah. Yeah. It all yeah. sounds so cliche sometimes when we say those things, but but it's so true. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So I have had the pleasure of um, being on your healing table. Um, it's honestly an amazing experience. I know people that I have sent your way just sing your praises. So you truly have a gift. I was blown away personally with the amount of relief I received with one treatment, which doesn't mean I won't be back because I'm scheduled to come back. <laughs> because <laughs> now I want the tweak on the tweak. So, <laughs> but there's such beauty to be like in the experience of having the body unwound. Yeah, it's, it's the, the, you know, the thing that I share with my students, um, I just started back at the college again after summer break. And I have a new group of um, uh, students. And the thing that I, that I, I highlight and remind us is that our bodies are designed for touch. Oh, nice. Like that's like, like our nervous system and the way our nervous system responds to not just our, our physical environment through touch, but also our atmospheric environment, the space that we're in, it's all, we're, we're designed to interact with our environment, whether I'm a tree, dig in the sand, or, you know, have a, an embrace with someone. Um, and the nervous system, I feel, and I know I'm not the only one that, feels this, but the moment we make contact with somebody, our nervous system starts to have an exchange of, of information. You know, some people uh, call this body talk or intuition um, uh, with another word, uh, experiential telepathy, where you're kind of like receiving information that's coming through the body and then you're trying to like make sense of it in your brain. Mm -hmm. um, guided and so that this is something that i unconsciously tapped into for most of my career it's only in the last really in the last maybe seven years where there's been this more than a trust but a this knowing that comes with the, the exposure of time that I've been doing this, that if I, if I place my hand on someone and that person is there with a curiosity like yourself, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you probably see this in your own line of work. If someone comes in and they're very just kind of, it's like a wonder to be there. There's this curiosity. Mm -hmm. Then there's a lot less, the obstacles aren't obstacles. They're fulcrums to explore. Right. So you, you nudge up against something and both parties involved will sort of be like, hey, there, there's this thing there. There's let's let's see what happens. And in that curiosity, it just transforms into that unwinding. Um, and for some folks, if the curiosity gets restricted, then it turns into maybe an emotional response or, uh, you know, uh, more pain for a period of time. Like it really depends on the individuals um i'm gonna say wonder because it, it it it's we're designed for touch and if we're being curious where that brings us mm. um you know safety is part of that you know if if i see practitioners at different in different avenues who are like saying you know this is a safe space or using that kind of dialogue and i sometimes i'm like well what would be the nonverbal version of that? Mm, yes. Like, you know, like if you have to say this is a safe space, is there a step before that that could also be present? Um, and that comes back to nonverbal. The other thing I believe that everybody's first language 
like everybody's first language all across our wonderful Gaia mm. is movement. It's movement. You know, we didn't come out talking. We came out moving. We came out touching. We came out smelling. We came out biting, right? It's tactile. So I, I feel like our first language, everybody's first language is movement. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll stumble on words and I'll go, oh, excuse me, English is my second language. And folks will be like, what's your first language? And I said, well, movement. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's why we love you, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I mean, the way that you see the world is from such a unique perspective that it incites thought. Mm. And the fact that you provoke and incite that in individuals, you know, I, I think that for, for me, that invites the curiosity. Like, I want to know what that guy's about. I want to hear something that my heart desires, my, you know, my spirit needs to merge with. There's, a, there's just something really unique in that. And even, you know, when I didn't know you so well and you were just the fun guy in the hallway and we had a connection to to speak, you yeah. know, that, that was what was there. There's a, there's that huge curiosity that there's so much depth there. And yeah, it's it's really a privilege to be with people like you. Yeah, we're we're same thing. I remember when we first I don't remember necessarily the first day, but I do remember the few times that we would bump into each other in the staff room, there was this, this um, shimmer of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the, this is one of the, that, that shimmer, that sort of connection is how I've been able to find mentors, you know, um, like, um, the, the the person I studied Tai Chi and Qigong with for intensely for quite a few years, we met at a house party. Love it. And uh, he sort of came around the corner and pointed and smiled this big goofy grin. Never seen the guy before in my entire life, but there was this quality that you and I shared when we when we sort of really kind of saw each other, like put the like sort of like, hey you. <laughs> there was There's- this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's like a familiarity yeah yeah and we don't know why yet but we'll explore that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome I, and so that started happening with me more and more um and i would learn you know i would receive a treatment from somebody around a particular strategy or i would go to a course um, I spent time in California studying um, this technique called zero balancing. And I studied with quite the creator of it, but also people that were his, became his, you know, sort of instructors. Um, and I would learn a technique. And I didn't really have a busy um, clientele like I do now. I didn't have a wait list or any of that stuff. But sure enough, I would I would have something inspirational come up around on a particular strategy of movement or unwinding. And like the next 10 people in the next you know few weeks, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's that thing again. Oh, there's that thing again. And and it was a chance to integrate a particular idea that either came up in a workshop came up in a book, came up in a movie, came up in a conversation sometimes. I'm a huge daydreamer. I still am. You know, I love That's that such about- a surprise. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Never would have known. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because I'll, you know, I go for... I get, I still get very anxious before class teaching. I don't know if that happens for you or not. Um, but any new group that I'm going to be working with, whether it's a new concept or new people altogether, I, I have this welling up of like anxiety that will come up. And one of the, 
what I love about technology now is we have these voice recorders and memos that I can use dictation. And so I'll just make notes or go for a walk and talk into my phone and just talk about these ideas. And it's all stemming from a daydream. You know, it's like, uh, how do I explain connective tissue? And then I'll just sort of go for a walk and then these little narratives, these little tidbits will start coming into play and I'll be able to speak it out loud and have it recorded, you know, and most of the time I don't even go back and look at the recordings, but mm-hmm. they're there. They're there if I need them. But Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We have a little delay here, so I think you're done. And then, um, but that's so true of, like, I love that you're doing the recording. I do the writing. So, and so God help my children when I leave this, this earth plane, (laughs) because there will be all bits of, you know, I try to keep them in one place, but they do wander. They have a tendency to wander where there are these little tidbits of just, profundities and, and but I never look at them unless I happen upon them but the 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 fact that I did make it tangible somewhere is huge and, and it's almost like we're giving it's like it's like we're playing a role of um, giving birth to this idea mm. we're tapped into the into the human collective you know, and we're pulling on strings that are not unique, like unique to the sense that we're we're interested in investigating it. It's mm-hmm. not that like anybody can do what you and I do. It's just whether or not they're interested on it, really. It's true. <laughs> yeah, like I remember being, you know, like eight years old and looking at an anatomy book and not understanding one word whatsoever, not even caring about the words, but looking at the cadavers and looking at the, the way the fibers connect with the bones. Like, like I've been obsessed with this ever since I was little. Mm-hmm. The, the piece that blocked me from maybe pursuing it in other ways was my dyslexia and my ability to read something and then take that information and digest it in a way that I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that is. Um, I, I, there's like a, a gap between me reading something and me being able to embody it. Um, and so the route that I've taken, the direction I've taken has really been about um, not your usual way, you know, um, the, it, because I, I couldn't, and I mean, I'm sure I could if I bashed my head against the wall hard enough, and maybe I would have got there, but then I would have just been studying the same thing that everybody else was studying, and that also didn't feel right to me, because I felt like there was something that just needed to, like, ah. and so, you know, I would find something, I would, like, pull a thread, and I'd be like, oh, cool, and then, and, you know, Oops. and then I'd run, nope, there we go, and then I'd run out of thread. And then I'd be like, oh, and that was the same thing with the techniques. I'd have people come in and come in and come in. And then all of a sudden the technique was integrated. Next person would come in. I'd go in and the, the body would do nothing. And I was like, hey. Wait a minute. <laughs> and the body's like, uh-uh, not working. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can swear. <laughs> um, and the... And that's when I realized, you know, it, uh, maybe seven years ago, I think what really changed for me was this idea that I don't feel like I'm now at a place where I realized that what I'm doing is what I'm, the way in which I got to where I am is perfect for who I am. And I don't, I didn't need to go to this university or this particular college in order to have these skills. I've got these because of the, the the way I got lost in the jungle for a while and I got lost in the forest and I came out and I'm like skills found some oh. skills <laughs> well I think you know what I'm hearing you say is that the you know had you gone the kind of the educational route 
that intellectualizes everything that we do, you would not be who you are and who we know you to be. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like what yeah. you bring to the college and, and to those students is, is proof of all of that, right? Is that you, is, is to bring together all that, all that academia and now make, humanize it. Yeah, yeah, great, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, what is the, I mean, how long does it take you to massage the students in, and, and literally, you know, let me use a different word. You know how when they first, when students first come in, there's a bit of trepidation, there's excitement, there's just showing up because you have to. Um, you know when it all, it's like that back to the stew analogy. When, how long does it take to kind of meld it into this beautiful concoction, this beautiful stew? I, what I ask, what I, what I, what I ask for from everybody for the first time is what I ask is we're going to want, what I say is we're going to wander around. We're not going to, we're not going to do like what you're here to do. So if that's a Qigong class, I'm like, I introduce myself. I welcome everybody to the space and I let them know that for the first three or four weeks, everything that we're going to do is related to just discovering the wonder of movement and the, the inspiration of movement. I sort of try and gain a little bit of um, trust in that sense that we're not going to dive into um, a, re a regime of a particular practice right away. We're going to basically have some fun. Um, and I would say, yeah. And, and I would say that out of, you know, let's say I have 20 students, um, there will generally be at least half that are kind of like, cool, mm -hmm. let's do. And then another five of those, you know, so we have 10 who are like, yeah, let's do this. And five who are like, um, okay. And then another five that are just like, this is so out of my comfort zone. I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> True. Right? Um, and the, so I start to introduce different concepts every week and every week based on how I see people understanding what we're doing. Like it really is by the moment I shoot from the hip, like mm. all the time. And so sometimes it's like the room's feeling this way, or I'm sensing that the room, room, the people in the room, that there's this, there's something going on. I can't put my finger on it, but I'll think all of a sudden that's where that inspiration drops in. And I'm like, oh, let's do this technique or let's explore this concept. And so we'll dive into that concept. And then at the end of class, one or two people will walk by and say, man, that's exactly what I needed today. Aww. And so, you know, and I'm like, awesome. <laughs> I, you know, uh, and so to your question, I would say it's a three month program. I'm with them for 90 minutes a week. And so I would say somewhere around the middle of that mm -hmm. mark, if people are really having a hard time understanding what I'm, what's going on and what I'm doing, it's too all over the place for them. That fulcrum of frustration or something will pop when we get to the other side, because what I, what I tend to do is, I mean, I describe this as a layered cake or an ingredients to baking. We're putting all these ingredients in together and we're mixing them together. But, you know, baking soda by itself is this and flour by itself is this and sugar by itself is this, but we start putting them together and they become active. And so what I'll, what I do by the time we get to the eight week, nine week mark, 10 week mark is I start bringing in these tangible ideas and that's where I see, you know, that um, the penny drop. Mm -hmm. So almost there are some people who will just, it just never meshes with them. And more often than not, the folks that have the, I think where we don't, where we have the most difficulty are the ones who are really astute in 
the classic style of learning that I'm not. Yes. Yes. So I definitely will come across a percentage of folks over the year that I I'm able to get them involved and sort of go like, oh, that's an interesting strategy. But if they look at the whole course as a whole, then sometimes the way we are the way we teach um kids learn and the way we teach is um 10 of what you said is so inspirational but 90 of it is such crap so they throw everything away mm. they don't they don't know how to keep the 10 and go oh because it just because you accept the 10 you don't have to accept the whole 90 yes. Like, yes. that's crap right and so i i feel like with some people when they get that five or ten percent it challenges all the other stuff and they don't know they just can't digest it so they just sort of push it all away and just sort of go i'm glad that's over um and i definitely had people like years later i would bump into them in the street yes and, and i'd be like oh hi and they're like oh hi and they'd go you know <laughs> i want to tell you something and they go oh, fuck here we go <laughs> Um, they and they would say, to be honest, the the whole time I was in your class, I had no clue what was happening. Um, and I'm like, okay. And then they're like, but now I get it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> now I now, and and they they get to this point in their practice, or they get to this point where they're something happens, and they go, oh, that's what he meant. Mm -hmm. um, and As a as a as an instructor, as as you are, I never look at the student as like it's your fault you're not getting this right. Mm -hmm. I'm all okay. What can I do differently? Like I'll get an email. Oh, yeah. from you know, I'll get an email from, and I'll be like, okay, I clearly missed the mark on on that person's understanding of what I was doing. And so, as as uncomfortable as those emails can be or those conversations can be i look i look at it as an opportunity for me to hone in on explanations even better um yeah it's so it's so true right because we're there to learn too and we need to be open to to positive criticism sometimes negative criticism it certainly grows you up in lots of ways <laughs> But it's um, we're again being at a being at that level of teaching. Man, it's such a there's such a plethora of uh, growing to do. Like it's incredible, and I love that that student can look back and and appreciate what was offered. Yeah, like I remember one because you know there's the evaluations they do mid semester and at the end of semester. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the first few years, I never opened them. <laughs> You're one of the smart ones. <laughs> Those it, are... it, yeah, it just filled me with so much angst. I'm like, well, do I need to read it? And then, and I just wouldn't. I'm like, if there ever was a really big deal, they would like, you know, the, the head, the dean go to me. Right. So, and, but then eventually I think I was having a conversation with Melanie my wife Melanie and she goes well can I look at them and I'm like okay <laughs> like these are great I'm like really she's like yeah I'm like okay <laughs> so nice. now, now I now I look at them but yeah so I remember one person who had this very sort of crass idea of like you know, what, what does containment mean? What does holding space mean? Like what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, and I would love to see how that, what that person's thinking now around that, because, you know, I, I know sometimes the stuff that we talk about and think about is slightly ahead of the curve. Yes. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, this was like, seven or eight years ago that this came up and I knew exactly who wrote it even though it's anonymous just because of course they were <laughs> they were not holding themselves back even in class um but it was just interesting and this is when I started to just understand that there's a spectrum of learning 
styles and I'm way over here and some people are way over there. Um, and for me to be able to reach them in any capacity, in any way is, can be trickier because so much of my teaching is around the felt sense, mm-hmm. you know, with that Myers-Briggs test. Um, yes. Right. There are some people that are on a percentage where if you use the term, you know, how does that feel? There's, they don't have that way of accessing. They don't understand the question. Like they, they yes. it doesn't, it doesn't land in any way for them to be able to do anything with it. Um, and so I just make it an opportunity to like throw caution into the wind and be like, well, let's try this awkward thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about you. You you just, you just dive in regardless. You don't mind awkward and uncomfortable. I'm becoming more comfortable with it. It's still not my favorite thing. <laughs> well, good. Or not good, but good that you notice. Yes. Yeah. There are, um, I have a new program that just started um, on Tuesday. And I remember a month ago, I was like, maybe no one will sign up and I just won't have to do it. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to a, one of my students who's been a TA for me off and on for a couple of years. He's super lovely. And we were talking about the program. And I said, oh, I don't even know if there's enough people. And she said, oh, dude, not only is it full, there's a wait list. <laughs> oh, fantastic. What is this? Now, new... Oh, uh, what it's is a it? body, work, body work oriented. Um, so it's it's basically teaching um, the concepts of body work through everything that we're talking about. Um, so not like here's this one technique, but here's a way that we relate to the body and here's a way to relate to the body. So it's much more around back to this idea of play. So many practitioners and massage therapists, physios, um, uh, acupuncturists, like people who are touching for a living. One of the things that I realized that's different between my approach and the approach that they were taught in school is they weren't encouraged to play outside the box enough. Oh, yes. And and so in my even in my beginner classes, there's and this is when stuff I feel starts to come together when we hit that that mid semester peak is yeah. when we start is when we start playing is when we start actually what I call um, doing application of the technique um, or techniques um, because there's not enough uh, in academia there's not enough room to just just kind of play, just like hold a limb and move it around and move it around as a way of relating, connecting to the body, mm-hmm. not as a way of like, oh, it's the protanter out of place, is the shoulder girdle stuck, is the, you know, like not coming at it from, from that perspective, but more of like, when I hold your arm in this way, do you feel supported? And not that's not a, a question you need to ask with your mouth it's a question you an answer you receive with your with your body um and so that i wanted to i've been teaching that concept for about five years with small groups but this year i decided to see if i can introduce it to a large a larger group through pacific rim um and the pacific rim was totally open to it um and so here i am with a full class and um congratulations yeah, yeah thank you amazing it, yeah yeah so uh, good i just need to show up now oh that's <laughs> right that's right well it's so interesting because you know there there are those who are so comfortable within the box and within the you know within the kind of structure of how it should go and when we can let go of that then we start to actually individualize and bring our own language to the table. And when you do that, now you own what you've learned. So I, I, you know, I really appreciate when that happens. I can see when it happens in my own style of learning. Yeah. It's when you can get in the play and feel confident. I think for me, like it feels like a confidence comes in 
where I don't need to think so much about the ABC one, two, three, but I can be with it and I can start to bring my own character, my own personality to it. And that's the, yeah. free, that's the freedom within the structure. You, you just described like this, your last few sent, you know, paragraph was basically everything I just said to everybody on Tuesday. Nice. Around, yeah. Like seriously around what, what it is that we're, you know, what it is we're, we're going to be doing together. Cause it's a three hour class and it's yes. the whole, but we are diving into this and it, and it really is what you just said. It's about, understanding you have your you're going to have your own unique understanding and application of this medicine and a way to do that is to just go into a place of curiosity and slowly the left brain and the right brain the knowledge that you're gathering in the books and the student teachers that you're working with and the clients you've been exposed to and this play they just get closer and closer and then before you know it you're like Oh, I found my voice, my my version of that um, uh, dialogue. Yeah, it's super cool. Well, I love the part where you mentioned that you know one technique or one way works with one, and then all of a sudden it's thrown out like the baby with the bathwater with the next one. And I really things like that. I always look at that as they remind me to remain humble and more open to what needs what is necessary not necessary maybe but what is to the for the highest good of the individual i'm working with so when i'm in the agenda of oh let's use this application here because it worked on the last person i'm kind of interfering with their process and you know it that's in my own experience of similar such situations and um it's again very humbling and I think it really draws us into the spirit of what we're up to as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, cause I've been, uh, I've had the pleasure of being in your office and, you know, what, what brought me to do, to sit with you in the live blood um, analysis, like 90% of it was curiosity. Mm. Uh, and 10% of it was like, you know, hopefully I'll get some information that will support my health narrative, which I knew I would, but really it was, I wanted to spend time with you, the individual, because of our our shared sort of spark of, of interest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you meet somebody who's more than, it's more, it's, we're more than passionate about what we do. It's like, there's like a, it's like a lifeline to a bigger web of some kind. We're not just we're not regurgitating something that we've learned. We're we're shaping it and reforming it all the time, so that when we when we bring it out, it's not brand new, but it's a new way to look at it. It's a new way to think about it. And I think that's that humility that you were talking about, where if you're like, this is the, you know, I look at their blood, your blood says this, this is what you need to do. You know, it, it's not taking into consideration their, their bigger makeup necessarily. If, if that's the only way that you're looking at it. And I, you know, I can, I, I can tell that when you were looking at stuff, that you were looking at it with, with experience, but not letting that experience, um, narrow narrow your view on it i don't know if that's thank uh, you making sense or not but that was my that was how i felt there because i can tell when i start when if i'm sitting with a practitioner i can tell when they're starting to box me up <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> it's very very loud in the room isn't it oh uh, uh, oh here comes the bow, here comes the bow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love how you put that. Makes sense. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling relieved that it was a good experience for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Oh, I, but, mean, I, mean, 
I've been telling all sorts of people, um, you know, cause the, the thing that I'm, I think the thing that's important now and now as in, uh, 2023 in September now, um, is having people have access to information that is not, um, boxed up. Yes. Right. Cause I think that if, if somebody, and I know this in my own, uh, line of work because of how outside the box, if we're using that metaphor still, I am because of where I, how I relate and think about the body and how the body holds tension and navigates tension and stress load and, you know, the, the history of the body, the timeline of the body, um, I'm there to unpack the box with you, not create a box and put you in it. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the thing around your work that I got to be exposed to is there's information you're able to give people that they can get at other, in other places for sure. Mm -hmm. the, the difference is, is that when you come up with strategies, like an anecdotal, you've got like, many different strategies that you can bring and sort of like you can start here you can start here you can start here you know whereas if they were maybe going another direction it's either like we don't know what's wrong with you <laughs> or um here take this whatever take this one thing um and uh you know bye <laughs> right like it's it's it it the there's limitations when you're following certain healthcare um, pathways. Some of them will limit what your um, what all of your supports could be. Um, and this is what and this is what I think you know where you choose to run your business, where you choose to work out of, and the people that we attract in our business is about saying, "Huh, I have some idea of what this." could be but let's get another person involved let's let's ask this person hey this is what i'm noticing what are you noticing how would you look at what i'm looking at you know it's it's bringing in this this communal concept to supporting that individual's health as opposed to that person sitting in front of one person and that one person apparently knows all the information that you need to have <laughs> Right. The old concept of the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love merging with community and I've invited, you know, the other individuals involved in a person's um, well-being care, um, invited them forward. And it's rare that anybody has ever will reciprocate. And I'm cool with that, but I, it's so ex darned exciting when they do, you know, yeah. Yeah. I just, it, it's really of great service to the patient and, or the, the client, whatever you want to, whatever terms you use. But I, I, I see more of that now. And yesterday was a day like that, where it's like, I'm so excited to merge with these other people who are part of your team. And I just thought, whoa, the, the skylight's been opened, right? So um, on that note, Malcolm, we're going to wind this up. I, I really have appreciated delving into these concepts with you and your, yeah. and your Malcolmisms, which are just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Thank you for you and for being that shimmer in my life. I love it. And um, for, you know, <laughs> yeah. And shining that on all those, those new students and old students and um, your work is, is just, it doesn't belong in a category. This is where you need to write your own book or, and, and patent your, your ism. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, I, those, pad, those pieces of paper that you described that yeah. you have, yeah, I have bags of them. <laughs> oh, there you go. And recordings on your phone. <laughs> like, like, like tote bags, because I've been doing this a long time, so I have, I have like big tote bags that are just 
stuffed with papers and drawings and <laughs> I love it. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Anything is possible. Ah, <laughs> oh. well, thank yeah. you, Malcolm. Thank I you. adore you, and yeah. um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, that will be soon, won't it? It will be soon, won't it? <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. So um, I'll see you soon, and um, I look forward to sharing this interview with um, whoever is interested in listening <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it'll be soon so thank you and uh check malcolm out at you retreat what is it you retreat spa and wellness or how do you wellness yeah you spa. Retreat wellness. okay little yeah. glitchy there okay awesome thanks malcolm thank you. goodbye bye-bye <laughs>